Chapter 15, Do Not Lose Sight of the Goal. Now, why did I retire early? Fast forward several years, working to live instead of living to work has enabled you to enjoy a full and happy life so far. You have had your family and your children are mostly raised. That part never really ends. You have created a retirement plan, you have worked your plan, and now you have time. What would you like to do with that precious resource? Some people imagine their retirement to be a time to slow down and play golf or buy a motor home bad idea, see chapter 9, wanting the right things, and visit national parks. I suggest that this type of retirement, while possibly great for a vacation, will get old very quickly. Why? Because it is focused on self. I suggest a different strategy, stay busy serving others and building the kingdom of God. Let us not forget our purpose. To restate from Doctrine and Covenants section 6, verses 6 through 8, It says, Now as you have asked, behold, I say unto you, keep my commandments and seek to bring forth and establish the cause of Zion. Seek not for riches, but for wisdom. And behold, the mysteries of God shall be unfolded unto you, and then shall you be made rich. Behold, he that hath eternal life is rich. Verily, verily, I say unto you, even as you desire of me, so it shall be unto you. And if you desire, you shall be the means of doing much good in this generation. Seek to bring forth and establish the cause of Zion one heart at a time, beginning with your own. What will do the most good in this generation and bring you the most happiness here and in the hereafter? The mission of the church remains constant, even though you will have retired. Proclaim the gospel, perfect the saints, redeem the dead, and care for those less fortunate. Instead of golfing, how about working a shift or two at the temple every week? Instead of visiting national parks, how about living abroad on a full-time senior mission? With all your time available, how much perfecting of the saints in the form of service will you be able to do now that you do not have to work to survive? Maybe you will finally have time to bless the lives of others the way you have always wished that you could. President Uchtdorf shared the following thought at a recent priesthood session of General Conference. There is no sabbatical or retirement program from priesthood responsibilities, regardless of age or physical capacity. Retirement is not an acceptable excuse for avoiding covenant responsibilities to consecrate our time, talents, and resources in the work of the kingdom of God. There may be those who, after many years of church service, believe they are entitled to a period of rest while others pull the weight. To put it bluntly, brethren, this sort of thinking is unworthy of a disciple of Christ. A great part of our work on this earth is to endure joyfully to the end, every day of our life. If you believe all these things, see that ye do them. The Savior taught in Matthew 16, verse 25, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. While this instruction may first appear contradictory, the deeper meaning is clear. It is only in giving back our precious God-given time in the service of others, not in keeping it for ourselves, that we will be able to follow our Savior's admonition. President Marion G. Romney added the following insight after quoting this same verse from Matthew above. We lose our life by serving and lifting others. By so doing, we experience the only true and lasting happiness. Service is not something we endure on this earth so we can earn the right to live in the celestial kingdom. Service is the very fiber of which an exalted life in the celestial kingdom is made. Oh, for the glorious day when these things all come naturally because of the purity of our hearts. In that day, there will be no need for a commandment because we will have experienced for ourselves that we are truly happy only when we are engaged in unselfish service. Can we see how critical self-reliance becomes when looked upon as the prerequisite to service? When we also know service is what Godhood is all about? Without self-reliance, one cannot exercise these innate desires to serve. In this quotation, 
President Romney has succinctly clarified the interrelationship between self-reliance and service. If we spend a disproportionate amount of our mortal probation, including working more years than necessary, providing for our own wants and needs, we could easily rob ourselves of opportunities for service that will bring us true joy and have eternal significance. Opportunities are like bananas, very perishable. In the October 2009 General Conference, President Monson shared the following story about Dr. Jack McConnell, which illustrates the personal value of service to others, in this case even at great personal sacrifice. Besides Dr. McConnell's distinguished medical career, he created an organization he calls Volunteers in Medicine, which gives retired medical personnel a chance to volunteer at free clinics serving the working uninsured. Dr. McConnell said his leisure time since he retired has evaporated into 60-hour weeks of unpaid work, but his energy level has increased and there is a satisfaction in his life that wasn't there before. He made this statement, In one of those paradoxes of life, I have benefited more from volunteers in medicine than my patients have. I agree with the adage, service is its own reward. The experience of Dr. McConnell is yet another witness to that truth. I love how he refers to this inverse relationship as one of those paradoxes of life. This is key to understanding the blessings that come through selfless service. In the same talk, President Monson shared the following. Too often we spend most of our time taking care of the things which do not really matter much at all in the grand scheme of things, neglecting those more important causes. Many years ago I heard a poem which has stayed with me by which I have tried to guide my life. It is one of my favorites. I have wept in the night for the shortness of sight that to somebody's need made me blind, but I never have yet felt a tinge of regret for being a little too kind. My brothers and sisters, we are surrounded by those in need of our attention, our encouragement, our support, our comfort, our kindness, be they family members, friends, acquaintances, or strangers. We are the Lord's hands here upon the earth with the mandate to serve and to lift his children. He is dependent upon each of us, a very small helm. It can be difficult to see from our perspective the good that might result through our attempts to serve. Sometimes the very people we are trying to help do not want us around. Discouragement over our inability to make large differences through our efforts is a tool of Satan. We need to recognize that the Lord is in charge and that we are on his errand. As long as we are pulling in the right direction, though our individual efforts may seem insignificant, they will still contribute to helping move the Lord's great caravan forward. We can gain greater insight on this point from the following verses in Doctrine and Covenants section 64. Wherefore, be not weary in well-doing, for ye are laying the foundation of a great work. And out of small things proceedeth that which is great. Behold, the Lord requireth the heart and a willing mind, and the willing and obedient shall eat the good of the land of Zion in these last days. Doctrine and Covenants, section 64, verses 33 through 34. I love how frequently the Lord promises to bless us for our faithfulness. I love how often he blesses us. In Luke 18, we receive the additional promise. Verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house or parents or brethren or wife or children for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time and in the world to come life everlasting. Luke chapter 18, verses 29 and 30. I can testify that the Savior's promises are true. We will receive greater joy than we have yet known, and he will bless us more abundantly in this present time and in the life to come as we lose ourselves in the service of others. The scriptures are plain and direct. If we believe them, then we need to do as the Lord instructs. Isn't that infinitely more rewarding than simply amassing more worldly wealth in the autumn of life? Indeed, it is. Now that you have the gift of time, aren't you glad you did not wait until someone else gave you permission to stop going to work? Health and time to enjoy it. 
Our bodies begin aging after we reach our physical peak at about 25 years of age and continue degenerating slowly until we eventually die, hopefully at a ripe old age. Having 10 or more extra years to enjoy life while one is still relatively young and vital is a gift no one can put a price tag on. It is important to remember that proper diet and exercise are an important part of the recipe to keeping ourselves fit and useful. The word of wisdom should be our guide to proper nutrition and exercise should be a part of our daily routine. It does not have to be strenuous to be beneficial. Walking is an excellent form of exercise for people of all ages. If during your stressful working years you did not make exercise a priority, repent. You will now have time to enjoy an increased level of fitness. Make it a priority every day and you will enjoy better health and even more years of financial freedom. Checking out graduation day. This is not the Hotel California. We do get to go home someday. When we graduate, I hope that it is after a long and joyful life filled with service and that we will not have traded our birthright for a mess of pottage. You have probably seen the bumper sticker. He who dies with the most toys wins. Surprisingly, many believe that, but it could not be further from the truth. There was a follow-up bumper sticker which read, He who dies with the most toys is still dead. Hopefully, I have proffered sufficient insight into the purpose of our mortal experience that you will not be caught up in the collection of stuff at the expense of helping others. For when we leave this earthly home, we will go back to God the way we came. We brought nothing with us and we will take nothing back except our knowledge, experience, and kindness. The Savior shared the following parable to illustrate this point in Luke chapter 12. And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be, which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, and is not rich toward God. Luke chapter 12, verses 16 through 21. Keep it simple. Did you know that as of this writing, 2009, when you die, if the value of your estate is above the current exemption amount that the U.S. government allows, they will take 45% of everything else you own above the exemption. So after they tax you when you earn it, and tax you when you spend it, and tax you when you invest it, and tax it when you gift it above the annual gift limitation, then they will tax you again on whatever is left when you die. What makes it worse is they do not base the 45% tax on what you paid for an asset. They base it on the current market value. To illustrate, say you bought real estate for $500,000 and during your lifetime it appreciated to $1 million. They will calculate the 45% tax on $1 million and your estate will owe Uncle Sam $450,000 for an asset that you originally bought for $500,000. If it appreciates more, your heirs could actually owe more in taxes to keep the property than you paid to buy it. Who makes this stuff up? If your estate does not have enough liquidity to pay the bill, the property that you already owned outright will have to be mortgaged to borrow the money or the asset will have to be sold to pay the tax. This is the situation I mentioned in chapter 12, life insurance, about why you might want to have some permanent life insurance. But I suggest a different strategy. Do your heirs a big favor and make sure that the value of your estate is below the exemption amount if you really want to pass things on to your children when you die. If you find that you have accumulated too much, start giving it away early because the amount you can gift each year tax-free is limited. This could be a good reason to increase your charitable contributions, which are not limited the same way as gifts to individuals. 
You can stay under the radar as I have suggested by not accumulating too much in the first place. Then you will not have this difficulty. Live simply. The Lord's Hand I cannot conclude this work without first acknowledging the Lord's hand in our lives from the very beginning. He has been a partner in our marriage and has directed our paths as we have diligently sought the guidance of the Holy Ghost in our quest to find the spiritual meaning of earthly things. Remember that all commandments, even those we consider to be temporal, are spiritual in nature. Obedience to them will bring the blessings of heaven into your life. Consider this verse from Doctrine and Covenants section 59. And in nothing doth man offend God, or against none is his wrath kindled, save those who confess not his hand in all things, and obey not his commandments. Doctrine and Covenants section 59 verse 21. Commandments are like compliments from the Lord. He is, in essence, giving us the guidelines for a happy life if we are willing to follow them. No wonder the gospel is sometimes called the plan of happiness. As we exercise faith and obedience, we will be blessed as he has promised. This seems so straightforward, yet many struggle in vain to find happiness in inappropriate ways. Continue to strengthen your personal relationship with the Savior by daily devotion, feasting on the scriptures, and personal and companion prayer. As you do so, I promise you that your life will be full and rich with experiences that will help you in ways you cannot even imagine now. Stay faithful. Synopsis. Rewind to the present. You are about to embark on the journey of a lifetime. You will make mistakes along the way as we all do. You will get up, brush yourself off, and try again. Hopefully you have learned that you do not have to do what everyone else is doing just because that is the way it has always been done. Do not be afraid to take the road less traveled and exercise your faith in the promises of the Lord through your obedience, faithfulness, and sacrifice. Determine right now to live within your means and be completely free of consumer debt. It is liberating. Create a financial plan that is unique to you and designed to meet your specific goals, then carry it out one step at a time. Monitor your progress. Always pay a full tithing. Pay yourself as well by saving part of every paycheck. When the time is right, buy a modest home that you can afford to pay for in 15 years or less. Learn to live on half your income in order to meet your long-range goals. Teach your children sound principles through precept and example. Learn from the mistakes of others. You do not have to make them all yourself. Stay away from individuals whose goal is to separate you from your money. Look for ways outside your day job to provide additional income without your wife having to leave the home. You will need her at the crossroads every day. Learning to save money on purchases is often more productive than earning more money. Make wise investment choices without exposing your hard-earned dollars to unnecessary risk. Plan while you are young for your children's college education, missions, and your retirement as part of your long-term savings goals. If you want to retire early, get out of debt and create income streams. Do not depend on the government or anyone else to take care of you. Remember those less fortunate all along the way. You may find yourself in unforeseen financial reversals and will appreciate a helping hand and a fresh start. Learn that our time and all the other things that we think are our own actually belong to the Lord and are best used to the benefit of others if we really understand our life's mission. Enjoy the time you have secured through your retirement. Live simply. Stay faithful. Keep fit help others. Seek to bring forth and establish the cause of Zion one heart at a time. You have the tools. I promise you that you, I promise you that as you do these simple things, the Lord will bless you to be successful in achieving your righteous goals. Enjoy the journey, the end, and the beginning.